chicken, Marcus? Yeah. You like beans? Sometimes. You like cars too? No. You like eating beans while watching cars too? No, that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> yeah. One time I ate uh, a plate of yellow chicken and rice at the Kent Theater watching uh, Wonder Woman. Not Wonder Woman, um, Aquaman's. Mm-hmm. You ever say things like with that plural, like man's, Aquaman's? Sometimes, because my fiance got me hooked on uh, Jersey Shore, and Mike, the situation does that a lot. Like, Funfetties? Yo, yeah. what's up with that Funfetties? Yeah, yeah. Want some food? Want some breakfasts? And I, I catch myself saying that now. Say, like, yo, why are you messing with the Funfetties? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This is Zebras in America. Brought yep. to you by Street Trash. Yeah. And um, TV. The band, television, Marquee Moon. What's wrong? No, I just heard my thumb. So playing, playing Game Boy? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, we got a, I got a, we got an email. What the fuck? <laughs> Should I read our fan mail? Yeah. Oh, I see who it's from. It's from Spencer Matthew Seams. Yeah, I just did his uh, show uh, not too long ago. What's his show? We Cut Heads Podcast. It's a podcast about Spike Lee movies. Man, why don't you have me on the show talk about She Hate Me? Girl 6. Girl 6 is... I, I don't have much to say about Girl 6. I, fi- I bet you I could figure it out. Oh, you're from Philly. We can talk about Scrapple. Um, talk about Wooder. Talk about... Chicken cheesesteak hoogies. Hoogies? Um, hoogies. Vinny Paz. <laughs> he texts me about it a lot. I don't know what you're talking about, man. A hoogie. You know what I'm saying? It's like type of sandwich. Yeah. Wawa. Yeah. Man, that chicken salad, Wawa, man. It's real good. Oh, I never. Mmm. Me and an ex, we used to go to Philly and eat Wawa sandwiches. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't the reason why we went to Wawa. I was going to say, you could have just gone to New Jersey. You'd have to go that far. No, we didn't go to Philly just for sandwiches. But when we get there, we always go to Wawa. Nice. And uh, I remember one time, I was toying with a rap group. And me and that person, we stopped talking. And I was sad about it. Which is fine. Mm -hmm. I'm now in a happy relationship. It's whatever. But I remember like, hey, man. We did this show in Philly. And then we were driving home. And I was like, before we drive home, we need to stop at Wawa. Buy everyone sandwiches, Okay. <laughs> and like I bought everyone a sandwich and like Tone Tank turns over he's like yo are you crying eating a chicken salad sandwich right now <laughs> and I was like yeah it happens it happens man do a show in Philly and we'll do it in the club it's a line from the roots um I think I told you this story what's that um, when I was a kid, my grandma used to have me over, and she'd make these special burgers. No, I think I would remember the burger story. I think we talked about it when we talked about uh, Daughters of the Dust, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I would go over to my grandma's house, and she'd make these burgers. She called them special burgers one because there was no bread, mm-hmm. and two, it had this taste, this flavor mm-hmm. that was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then you know, fast forward, I didn't care about cooking. I don't know. And then she she got, um, her memory got not so good, and, mm. and she passed away, and I lost the recipe. Mm-hmm. 
And then many years later, I was at my aunt's house in Florida. I was like, hey, do you remember Bubby's burger recipe? Because mm-hmm. I miss that flavor. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, uh, she just put a bunch of minced onions and um, a can of Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. My mom used to do that. My mom did that with her homemade burgers. Holy shit, both of those things. She gets some peppers too, but the onion, the diced onions and cream of mushrooms, so holy shit, yeah. We should start a podcast. We should. Um, so then the peppers, I- chop it up, put it in the meat. You just remind I'm sorry. There's a sketch, uh, for those, I'll be quick. There's a show, Upright Citizens Brigade, and on one of the seasons, there were these people trying to come up with a chant and it was eat the cheeseburger with everything on it, Astro Boy, and to get this crowd to try to cheer this large chant. And in the middle of it, one of the cast members started talking about how to make it. Like, people were cheering, eat the cheeseburger with everything on it, Astro Boy. And then if you pay attention in the background, one of the guys is like, that's right, you get some meat, you get some peppers, chop it up, put it in the meat. And then one guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, sorry. Anyway, I missed that show. It was only three seasons, but I missed that show. Dude, I went to, like an avant-garde thing by accident at my friend's record store yesterday mm-hmm. and it was like this one lady she was playing the floor with mm-hmm. mallets okay <laughs> and this other person was playing cello purposefully not so good and then this other person was playing sound effects on Ableton okay and then they were arguing and that was while they were performing yeah that was part of the performance oh okay the performance was that they were yelling at each other okay about mom oh alright was was soul there freestyling over there it was interesting and then and then after that were these two people like playing saxophone fast and bad uh well that's kind of something I can kind of get into because that because that trends it into John Zorn territory to some degree. He wrote the music though. Oh, okay. Yeah. This yeah, this was just I said trends in, into. I didn't say it was like. I think I'm just a little too old for that if it's not part of a movie because because like freak out jazz pairs very well with visuals. Yeah. But if you're just watching people make freak out jazz, not so much. Yeah. So anyway, she tells me the thing and this the the, the recipe to the burgers. And the second I get home, I go to the supermarket, and it's like 12 o'clock at night, I got home from Florida. I go to the supermarket, buy ground beef, cream mushroom, onion. It's like two in the morning, I'm making burgers and like Tone Tank, and all these people Mm -hmm. are coming out like, what are you doing? I'm like crying, eating burgers. And I was like, it's my grandma. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is a nice story though, too. Yeah, why are you laughing at my grandma, man? No, you were smiling at me when you told me that story, though, in a way like, hey, this is funny, right? I mean, it's sweet, you know? Yeah. Which is all to say that we got um, got an email. All right. From Spencer. Yes. Who, you know, if you're going to have Marcus on your podcast and not me, I'm not going to read your emails anymore. Uh, I think it was for a specific reason. Go ahead. Okay. Because you're white. This is a joke. That was a joke. No, that's totally fair, though. I hear that. It's not. It was a joke, everyone. I hear that. Um, Sup, guys. It's Spencer again. Lately, I've been listening to Army of the Pharaohs, mainly Ritual of Battle and In Death Reborn. My favorite line is in Seven on Doap Nixon's verse. I drunk so much syrup, dog, I stopped eating pancakes. I mean, I like that. 
It's been a while since the last time I heard Army of the Pharaohs, but Ritual of Battle has gotten better to me, but still not great. Are they the Philly Wu-Tang Clan? Replace Staten Island for cheesesteaks and that Rocky statue at the Philly Art Museum? No, because only a few members of Army of the Pharaohs are from Philly. They're from Massachusetts, Connecticut, Florida. So Yeah, isn't Mike Shinoda in Army of the Pharaohs? No, you're no, no, you no, no. He's a thousand percent not. But it's seven L esoteric Apathy. Apathy. I'm how much you wanna bet? I a uh, hundred dollars that Mike Shinoda is not in Army of the Pharaohs. I want I want a crisp blue face hundred dollar bill. Are you thinking of Fort Minor? No. Oh. Well fine. Uh, still. Do you want to bet a hundred dollars? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Why don't you read the rest of his email? No. We, okay. I'm not. By the way, for those listening, I'm not editing any of this out. I won't take your money. But go ahead. Come on. No, no, no. Right there. All the. Go ahead. Pull him up. Come on. There we go. Why did I think Mike Shinoda was in past members, past members? No. Because I think you were confused. Fort Minor was like the L.A. version of that. It was like self-scientific. It was all these guys. I think you're just, they were, yeah, I think that's why. Okay. For some reason I thought, well, okay. I'm going to pay you a dollar a hundred times. But to get back to but no, I I, I know because Army of the Pharaohs is a multi-coastal group. They're all over the place. They're not just Philly. No, Fort Minor had like... Um, Styles of Beyond. Styles, Styles of Beyond. Styles of Beyond are part of... Well, they had self-titled. Styles of Beyond are part of Army of the Pharaohs, I think. Or, or Army of the Pharaohs adjacent. Apathy and Ryu and... and um, What's his face? Kid Frost's son. Oh, Scoop DeVille? Yeah, they had an album together. Oh, I didn't U- even know Uzi that. Uzi does it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I've been to the I've been to the Rocky statue. And it's yeah, nice. I have a few times, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Is Vinny Paz the Rizza but not as good? Is self-titled the You Got, etc., etc.? Is there a stretch? Yes, that's the thing. Subtitles. Is this a stretch? I'm not as well versed in hip hop as you two, so maybe this sounds dumb. It doesn't. No. Anyways, keep up the great show. Hi, Doug Spencer. Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. Mark, did you ever smoke PCP? Nope. Um, I think the Dynasty Crew is is is. I I, I yeah I I don't, I just don't think there's a really good analog that I know of of Wu Tang to Philly. Vinny Paz definitely isn't the RZA because Vinny Paz doesn't make beats. Right. Um, Stoop, the enemy of my mankind, is is good, but he's no RZA. Or mathematics. Or ma- or mathematics. Um, just Allah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we'll try not to get sidetracked too much talking about Just Allah, who's actually not even in Jedi Mind Tricks anymore and hasn't been for a while. But he he wrote a scathing article about. No, he was interviewed. He was interviewed. And he said some some things about <laughs> the life of Pablo, the Kanye West podcast. <clears throat> but that is cool. I do like um, I like Army of the Pharaohs. I think also. Oh yeah, well, Reef the Lost Reef the Lost Causes from Philly also. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's good workout music for me. And oh. they have one song called "Arms of an Angel," which is really good. And like, it's it's there's some it's it's like Vinny Paz's verse is about talking about his drug addicted brother who's like he's been hurting his family. And Dope Nixon has this his his verse is about like having to sell his music equipment because uh, he didn't have money and like his girlfriend was sick and all that stuff. So they they they've got some stuff. There's, but it, it also falls into that it's that angry because because there's the interesting thing about Wu Tang Clan is that they're a rap group and they're also a crew. Because, like, you could say, like, is the greatest rap crew the Native Tongues? Is it Organized Confusion? Is it... Me organized Noise. Organized... I met the Dungeon family. Um, well, yeah. Is it, is it Project Bloat? Is it... Now, the no, Hyro is both a rap group and a rap crew. Yeah. So, like, there is, a, there is an analog to Hyro and Wu-Tang Clan, but I just think they're their own thing sure. from different places. I don't know. Also, it's okay for things to be their own thing. Yeah. Um, Army of the Pharaohs is just a little too angry rap for me. Sure. Um, but, you know, no judgment. Yeah. That's what I say about that. Yeah. So you want to talk about the new Ray Goddess film, Our Time? Yes, finally. I'm so glad more folks have seen it because it's out. I saw it, you know, the last se- year. The sequel to Goonies. See what post never sucks, but yeah, the, but definitely, yeah, the sequel. You know, because the Goonies are like down it's here, our time. it's our time, it's our time yeah. down here. <laughs> yeah, those two movies couldn't be any more different. Goonies and Our Time? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, Troy and Josh Brolin and what's her name? That was kind of a little love triangle there, which ties into Our Time, which. I would I wouldn't necessarily say love triangle, but you know. So our time is by Carlos Rogatis, where Carlos Rogatis plays a plays a plays a guy, and his wife plays his wife, <coughs> and he's a poet cattle rancher, and him and his wife own a cattle ranch mm-hmm. in Mexico, and he has kids, and the kids are. It's hard because there's a scene where the kids are young kids, and then there's a scene where the kids are teenagers, and you can't. I think it's a flashback, but it happens at the same time. No, no, he had two. No, he had a previous relationship. He had kids from a previous marriage. I don't know. I think those are his kids in a flashback. No, no, I mean it was set. No, but I think I think that's a flashback. The first scene. No, but those then there's lots of flat because those kids are in it like quite a few times. No, those are different little kids. kids. His his children. Those are Carlos Rodriguez's kids. But like the teenagers, are also those other children. There's flashbacks strewn in. I'm telling you. Right, but it's also he. Those weren't his only kids, though. I'm not sure. I I'm not sure. I agree with you. (laughs) They say it. I'm not like a. It's a. I think it's a. I think it's a flashback. Well, either way. And they have, I believe, an open relationship. Yeah. And... But like always, there's problems. Yeah, and I guess she leaves out a little bit of how this relationship is happening mm-hmm. with her and this dude, Neil Burgers or whatever. Phil Berger. But then it's sort of... Then later in the movie, spoilers, mm-hmm. it suggested that maybe he set up the relationship. It's weird. Yeah. There's some weird shit going on, and then there's this great, like, 
there's this great like orchestral performance and hell yeah and a really dope yeah that scene is great a really dope scene where a bull kills a donkey it's very Ray Goddess there's a lot of like really old person is dressed in kiss makeup singing at a house party yeah man um and it's like it's a slow burner but it works it's three hours long I went to see it with Bill Scurry Bill thank you for the ticket yeah um I did really like it. I thought it was very messy, but I think that's mm. what the, the oh, goal was. Absolutely. Because it's filmed very deliberately, yeah. and and the cinematography is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like these landscapes and the slow movement of these cracked floors and sand, mm-hmm. and you just sort of see the complexities of open relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing that popped. You know, it's funny. Not too long, I'll just, I won't say who in relation to what, who, whatever, but I was talking with a person about an open, and I know open relationships have rules, I'm not trying to look come at it like in a naive way, but I was talking to someone who was in an open relationship and they were saying that they broke up with their boyfriend because they cheated on him, and I was just kind of like, how does that work? And then they, you know, explained some things to me, but it, it, but then I got more confused because their whole thing about the open relationship was, I don't want to know about it. So if you don't want to know about it, how do you get cheated on if you don't want to know about it? Which is diff- our time is a little different. There is definitely there seems to be. How do I say? It? So Carlos or Gar- Carlos or Goddess's character, he's all about this open relationship, but at the same time he hovers a lot. Yeah, because he's a very he's just like an, an insecure guy, which mo- I think a lot of people are. Most people are, which you shouldn't be in an open relationship if you're insecure, especially like. Uh, Carlos Rigata's one of the two main characters in, in the film. So So there's open relationships and then there's polyamorous relationships. Mm. They aren't always sure. the same thing. Sure. Open relationships, from what I understand, and if I'm off, you are more than welcome to correct me because like I tried to read The Ethical Slut many years ago, which is about polyamory and about primaries and secondaries and that so like polyamory is like having more than one partner but having a primary partner open relationship is is more is could be more of like a physical thing like you might just have people that you have some romance with or some sex with but it's not like it's not you have like two boyfriends two girlfriends necessarily Mm -hmm. but there there is there can be infidelity in those relationships if you go past the rules that you have. So, like, if you are in a relationship where you talk about your other partners and you don't talk about your other partners, that's an infidelity. If you have an agreement not to sleep with coworkers or friends of friends or exes, that could be considered an infidelity. Mm-hmm. If you... Um, have an agreement to always use protection and you don't that could be uh infidelity um and that could that can exist in polyamory as well like if you are with if you're talking about if 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 the if the agreement is that you don't hold things back and you're not talking about your other partners that could be a form of secret keeping Mm -hmm. the thing is like from what I from from my experience with friends in open relationships, it always it often seems that one person is more excited about yes, the other. Absolutely. And they're getting into what seems to me sometimes, not always, 
uh, sort of getting your cake and eating it too situation. Yeah. And I would, you know, maybe in another world where this isn't how we've existed for a long time, we can live in a post-monogamous world. I, I'm sure there are intellectual reasons why why monogamy has issues, but it is it is the agreement that does seem to work in this society. I certainly can't or don't want to be in a non-monogamous relationship. And and it seems like Carlos Regattas' character has a lot of issues with what's going on. Yeah, thousand percent. That was that was that was my little rant for now. Yeah, and 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 like I was just saying, you know, this movie just highlights my kind of questions. It 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 emphasizes and highlights just like why I just me. I'm not I'm not speaking for nobody else. Like why it's like why would you get it? Why would you want this? You know what I'm saying? Because like. I don't mean to sound like an old hat comedian, but it's just like, <clears throat> sometimes, most of the time, whatever, when you're in a relationship, that, that, that's work in itself. And these, ki- and these kinds of relationships are usually about sex. But at the same time, like, sex is a powerful thing. You catch feelings, and then, like, new things develop and grow, and then, you, you know, you're, oh, I like the way this person does that. I don't like the way my husband or wife does that. And then it just gets out of, out of hand. Um, so... And yeah, the other thing about this movie too is I've only seen it once. <clears throat> I don't know if I ever want to see it again. I mean that in a good way because I just like the memory I had from seeing it because um, it's really good. Like you already highlighted, it's shot so well. It's beautiful. It's definitely, I think, at this point it's obvious that Carlos Regattas is also interested in showing a side of Mexico that you don't necessarily see in mainstream films. Even though Carlos Regattas isn't a mainstream director, still, the look of... <clears throat> If, if you just based, you know, a lot of, which unfortunately a lot of people do, based what you think or know about Mexico and movies, you you would not think sometimes looking at a Regatta's film that you, oh, we're in Mexico right now. And well, I well, think well there's that meme where, like, Mexico in film yeah. is, <laughs> like, goldish, is like yellowish this goldish tint. yellow tint. Yeah. And one thing that was... Annoying, Having been to Mexico for the first time recently, there's no gold yellow tint. tint yeah, it's just not how thing, that's just not how things work. Yeah. Um, that's funny yeah and I was like reading a couple reviews about this movie and I was like some people are lazy like people were comparing the movie to like uh, Lynch and Lanthimos and I'm like really? both of those are lazy people are still doing it actually that's not true what? People were, people were comparing the mountain mountain to to okay that's just as but both of those same, same same Same. That's there's like maybe the deadpanism, the somewhat deadpanism of of the mountain. I guess that could be compared to Yorgos, but it's just like I thought we were past in film criticism or analysis that anything weird is just oh man, it's so Lynchian because it's weird. Which it's like you know he didn't invent and coin surreality and weirdness and and stuff in film either. So I I don't know what that's about. Well, yeah, I don't know ma- it's about. Ma- what you said, it's laziness. Laziness. Magic mushrooms invented surreality. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah. Um, but even on film, it's like, Boonwell, all the pre-Boonwell, you know, Gene Epstein, all these, like, early experimental films of, like, 1920s and 1910s are, you know, but anyway. But yeah, I was just, like, very interested in watching 
the deterioration of a loving relationship. Sure. With kids too, and that and that always makes it a little because you because you, you don't know what's going to happen from here. Yeah. Sure. And the the wife's the wife seems like the only person that is trying to not be a jerk. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. Like both Bradley Burgers and <laughs> and um, I'm not going to correct you. I want you to say a different name each time, but uh, yeah. Both cheesy burgers and <laughs> and Regatus's characters are both like not great. And the more you get into the movie, the more sinister Regatus's character shows to be. Yeah. And the more weird, like, hi guys, like he does some weird shit towards the end. Okay, hey man. But there's a you know it, it hit me too. There's a scene like smack middle of the movie where <coughs> Regatus's wife. Uh, she is somewhere else and they're Skyping and then she tells him she's just like I'm sick I don't feel well and then seconds later Carlos Regattis is like can you show me your breasts and she's just like I said I'm sick and, he, and then he starts he turns into like a little bitch where it's just like pay attention to things like notice things it's like I understand like if you're a man and you're horny or whatever but if your partner's just like hey I don't feel good they're not going to be in the mood to have sex so don't complain about that you know and I was hoping to get some friends on in open relationships for the show, mm-hmm. but they hadn't seen the movie. Yeah. So I, I wanted to not just say, oh, we're interviewing people in open relationship. Yeah. Because that's not what I'm interested in doing. I'm interested no. in, like, seeing how they feel about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a very good movie. It's one of my favorites of the year. No question. I'm unsure yet. I need to see more movies. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna do my little mid, quick, a quick little mid-season review. I, I've I've scraped together. I've been to the movies enough time. I, I I I forgot, and I was going through my notes. I was like, oh, I've been to the movies a bunch of times. So I got a little, you know, on top four, five honorable mention things I'm looking forward to. Blah blah blah. Um, the more I think about it, and this is based on certain things that I've missed. I'm actually okay with 2019 uh, right now. I, I I really am. From you know this our time to you know high life to I guess the next movie we're gonna, we're going to be getting into shortly uh, I think we you know we, we differ on that but um, there's some good stuff out. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to look at my list of movies I saw this year. Like I forgot I even saw Shazam. Shazam was dope. I, I liked en- it. I ended up not seeing Shazam. Shazam is good. It's really good. But like yeah, I haven't seen a lot of. Oh movies. yeah, see shit us. Oh man, unicorns. To, okay, this is, uh, well, I, I didn't like that. One. I'm just saying that's a movie I saw. Um, yeah, okay, Glass, Velvet Buzzsaw. I'm just naming off shit that I saw. Brightburn. Yeah, so I, I've seen some stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of Yorgos Lanthimos in 2019 and comparisons, we saw The Mountain uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, the new Rick Alverson movie. Yeah. Who even and after this, uh, I'm speaking for myself. I maintain he is one of the best American filmmakers working. This is much like uh, the Refn series, Too Old to Die Young. The Mountain is which I haven't seen yet. Is super Rick Alverson, which just like if you like the style like of a particular person, they took their style that they're known for and just up turned it up uh, a few notches. I I think. And I just want to say back to 
our uh, our oh. time uh-huh. is like a lot of movies deal with like magical realism, but right. this one was like magical fakeism. Explain. Like, like it was like this fake magicality of just this terrible shit that was happening. That's all. Yeah. I don't want to go deeper into it. It was better than Triple Frontier. <laughs> but uh, but the mountain. Okay, so the mountain Rick Alverson movie period piece about ice pick. Um, hold on a second. Uh, trigger warning for for some stuff. Um, sure. It's like period piece about loosely based on Walter Freeman, even though that's not the name they use in the movie. No, but it it's... about this time where they would do these almost these ice pick lobotomies. Yeah. Um, and he's an ice pick lobotomist who kind of takes Ty Sheridan under his wing. Ty Sheridan is a young Zamboni driver whose father is a um, ice skating uh, teacher who's probably not very nice to him. Yeah. His mom is likely someone who got ice pick lobotomized by Jeff Goldblum's character. Yeah, because they, they, they have a little bit of history. You, you learn early on. And his father dies, and Jeff Goldblum chicken hawks him in. He's like, "Hey, do you want to go around the country?" Um, and um, and he takes pictures of of the lobotomy procedures. of the lobotomy procedures and the people before and after. Yeah. And there's probably twenty lines of dialogue in the entire movie. Something like that, yeah. And I just felt that it used mental illness as a hat, like it was like. It was like a piece of furniture. Like I explain. Keep 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 going. Because in the Q and A that we saw, Rick Alverson was saying that he was trying to go into like the darkness and sadness of this part of our history, where with difficult people we just electroshock them and yeah, lobotomize right, them instead right. of instead of like figure out more humane ways to deal with our mentally sick. And I felt he used it more as like a piece of furniture and as like a piece of piece, a narrative device as opposed to telling a story about it. It just, the the film felt very cold and... It's a cold, sterile... And hollow, and he purposely was using weird aspect ratios, and it was beautiful looking, Mm -hmm. but I I was confused by Ty Sheridan's performance. Um, I... Did appreciate that Jeff Goldblum played down the Goldblumness as much as he could. It, if he started to lose it towards the end, he definitely was Jeff Goldblooming out by the end of the movie. But it is. What but it he is. was trying not to, and Levant, Denis he, Levant, Denis Levant yeah. shows up to be like this is weird dude. Yeah. Just with a lot of monologues and. You know, there's like a love story sort of that's really sad. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I just left the movie feeling frustrated and empty. They also don't hold back on showing this procedure. There's like a bunch of scenes. Yeah, I had to look away a couple times. Yeah, and now I, how exactly? Now what happens? Where does this the ice the little hammering ice pick? Where does that go? I don't want to talk about it. No. No. Oh, okay. It's upsetting. It's a, yeah. I just I don't want to go into it. Is that okay? No, it's fine. I just it's it. I will say it is a it's a big part of of the movie. Right. Um, I just don't want to talk about yeah. the science of how it works because right. I don't want to like the vi- like 
Like now I'm visualizing it and it's upsetting me and I don't want to. Yeah. You know, I think the other thing too is by the time this episode comes out, what I, the the my little thoughts that I wrote about it will be out by then so you can read, you know, uh, what I thought. But I, I, I do... Um, damn, I lost my train of thought. No. I think Rick Alverson, a big thing about this movie, let me just say that, yeah, while I really do like this movie, I'm not recommending it to anyone that doesn't know his movies. And even then, like in Scott's case, they may, may not like it. But having seen Rick Alverson speak now a couple of times and reading and watching any interview that I can, you know, I, I think he's he's not... I don't think he's a pretentious person. I think others might call him that. But he's not interested in making, like, enjoyable movies. And I think this movie's, like, a perfect example of, of that. Um, and he said it in so many words, even at the Q&A that, you know, that we... That, that we no, I'm, I'm sorry. At the Q&A for entertainment, he was just saying, like, yeah, it's about comedy, but I tried to make a not funny movie about, you know, stand-up comedy. And he said that quite a few times, even with his movie, The Comedy. That's also a very dark movie. Um, and and I also, what I like about this movie, too, is <clears throat> look-wise, this is more in line with entertainment. His last two movies look different from his first three features, but from a tone and ambiance standpoint... You know, The Mountain has a lot in common with The Builder and New Jerusalem, which are two movies that a lot of people haven't seen. Those are his two first films. Um, those are more nat- natural looking. They take place in, you know, just like the woods of upstate New York and Virginia, respectively. But, uh, but yeah, this movie, I think he, and visually, I think he grew. Um, Writing-wise and dialogue-wise, maybe not so much, but again, I think that was important. I, 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 I just like Scott said, there's not a lot of talking in, in, in the movie. There's long strips of just not talking. In which, the movie. Is, which is interesting, because my friend co-wrote the film yes. with two other people, one of them yeah. being Alverson. Yes. And I I hope that he would still come on. He said he would come on the show. Awesome. I'll let him know that like my, my review wasn't you know, positive and maybe... He wants to talk about it because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, previously, and I'm not naming names, mm-hmm. there was someone who was supposed to be on our show. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was much kinder to the movie that that had come out. Mm. Yeah, that I probably would have. I would have I would have said more things about it. <clears throat> and I regret that. Yeah, because I really want to be a man of integrity. That's important. You know, I, I miss... I mean, I didn't... Like, I'm not trying to diss movies, like, say, aside from There Will Be Blood. I don't like calling movies pieces of shit. I don't like hating on people. Like, I don't get joy out of that. My only issue with this movie is that it is under, like, the, you know, the milieu of showing um, mental health stuff. And, and I just worry about using mental health as, like, a plot point without going that deep into it just being like this is a thing that's part of it without having a stance about it see that's okay so it's interesting you say that because another thing that got brought up at the Q&A which is something I think about all the time um the whole idea of memification of things where like I don't know if you you must know this because you're on social media maybe not as much as me you're on social media and for those listening so a lot of times, mental illness, depression, even suicide, and let me just 
precursor, uh, let me just say, people deal with things how they deal with it. Sometimes humor Absolutely. make things. But I do feel like it's it's a bit <clears throat> one-sided now when it's just like, hey, just had a nervous, just had a mental breakdown. <laughs> like, that's kind of the tone. They're like, hey, I uh, woke up this morning, thought about killing myself. <laughs> I guess I'll do it later. Like, I think it cheapens it. And I'm not trying to talk down on, I, I'm, I, well, I am trying to talk down on some folks, even on a personal level, who I know aren't suicidal, aren't having a mental breakdown, so don't make light of it. You know, like, if, if you really did have a mental breakdown, if you're really suicidal, I'm not going to tell you how to handle stuff. You handle it how you handle it. Just as long as you're, as long as you're here and, and, and you don't want to take your life, I think that's important. But I, I do think the opposite was done with this movie where it's just like, hey, you know, shit was cold. In the in, in in the four well shit pre fifties since since the beginning of time even to a certain degree today, just certain things about mental health and mental illness and mental um, you know instability are just treated and I liked how this film showed that and also I think the whole point of so Denis Levant plays this guy and his daughter uh, is going is having the, the, the procedure because there's air quote you know something wrong with her well she is a, she has a different <clears throat> procedure she, oh I'm sorry right right right, right, right hers yeah. is electric shock which, right, right. which, which is, is a little also... which is a little bit different which is interesting because now we've found that there is some some efficacy of electric shock just at a much lower mm-hmm. shock rate right yeah I guess what I was just saying, like, Can it showed the... Uh, may I make an interjection to uh, mental health meme culture? Yeah, sure. I think it's a it's a duality because there are people who go through real mental health shit that use the humor of memes yeah. to deal with it, like, LOL, my life is a garbage fire. There's that meme of, like, the dog in a burning yeah, this house. Is fine. This everything is, fine. is fine. Everything is fine. Now, if you're saying that to, like... Because you're having a, um, a manic depressive episode and this is helping you get through your week, then great. But if you're making light of it to be like, LOL, I'm so kooky. It, it That's che- specifically it, what I'm talking about. That, 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 that and that cheapens me. it. And I, I am not sure. I don't think that the film was doing LOL, I'm having a mental okay, breakdown. Wasn't. I, just, I just don't know how much. Because in the Q&A, Rick Albertson said that he did a lot of research. But it just, I don't know, it just felt like, I wish, I wish the mental health aspect and the, the, some of these things took a little more front and center to it. I'm not, I I really can't argue that too much. Because I was just, what I was going to say before you said that too, was like, as weird and crazy as this sounds, I wanted that movie to be longer. But I know nobody, except me, would, would really want that. And I say longer just to maybe maybe touch more on the stuff that you were just talking about, but I mean I, I wouldn't mind that movie being three hours long. I'm getting, I know that sounds crazy to some folks who've seen it, but it's just where else would they go? There's plenty of places. I mean, I hate doing this after the fact, but I did like the, I his did mom, like, the young woman. I spend did. more time inside, not, not just not just interior hallways of mental facilities, but maybe. And I like that rooms. I like that Alveson referenced Titty Cut Follies when he was oh, talking yeah. about oh, it, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish some of the some of the magic that was captured in in Titty Cut Follies was was a little more apparent in this movie. I hear that. That's fair. 
Yeah. But I do, um, yeah, I, I, I spent some time last night uh, writing. I mean, I got home on Friday night after seeing it. I always, on my commute home, I always, like, I'll, I'll jot down, down a few lines. And this, any, any movie that gets me to writing, again, I, is, is um, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I walked back to BAM after the preview and ran into my friend who was in the movie. Yeah. And we talked for a little while. Yeah, you were saying. Um, I was just like, you know. But to add on too, because this is a point that I make <coughs> in the in the thing thing that I wrote. This is a somewhat alienating movie, but with a few exceptions, I understand the addition of Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum to the movie can bring in a few stray, you know, whatever. But the mountain is also not something that I think most folks just stumble upon. Um, and also, I, I think at this point, where people love to look up stuff, like there, there's plenty of reviews written on it at this point. Uh, and I think, you know, the comedy and entertainment, especially in, in the lane that this movie is going to be playing, I think people have a somewhat of an idea to expect based on, the, you know, so when you sit down, like, I think you might get a sense of what you're in for, except for the scenes of the procedure. I, I, I didn't see that coming. I, I, I was not expecting that. But, um, Oh, so they had like a a less plot driven one flew over the cuckoo's next vibe. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I want to say, think you know, certain things, especially with Rick Alverson, are an experiment. And perhaps I don't like speaking. I I can't speak for the guy, but bringing up stuff like Titty Cut Follies, one flew over cuckoo's Cuc- Cuc- nest, and other things, things like that. Did you have one flew over this cuckoo's nest? No, you. I did. Yeah, and Titty Cut Follies, where it's just like those things both masterful have been done so maybe he thought to do a more aimless because when you when you look at the lane of that it's either like you know a really bad acted person like in the air quote crazy house or you have a more you know you have something like one for the cuckoo's nest or maybe try to do something different where it's like let me intentionally make kind of an aimless sometimes things are kind of aimless there's no end to certain things so maybe that's what uh that's part of the, the tone of tone of the movie. Um, I, I will say both of these movies we're talking about at the same time both highlight m- my taste in movies. The older I get, I like kind of unresolved, somewhat aimless. Because while if we're going to talk about better movies, I think Our Time is a better movie than than The Mountain. Yes, but you know they they both are messy in parts. They're both not pretty in parts. They're both kind of like, what, what, what? You know, but it's the overall experience. I just like the messiness of both of these movies, even though their messiness is different. Yeah, I mean, Ray Goddess is just going for it. Like, all of his movies yeah, have, some, have some scenes where you're like, wait, what? Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, did you see The Souvenir? I didn't. I didn't. It's on my list. It's on my list. Did you? No, it's oh, just a movie that people are saying. Um, good friend of the show, Carlo, who uh, sent me a nice care package as an early 100th episode present and said he's sending you something, too. Oh, cool. For your birthday, which is upcoming. Yeah. Um, he Souvenir is one of his favorite movies. The Mountain is one of his favorite movies. Nice. And I was, I was curious what he thought about it and... He was like you was just lost in the textures and the feeling and the and reading the up the exteriors. <clears throat> I'm finding too because I don't want to 
necessarily write what someone else has wrote, but it's also getting, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to talk about too. It's getting compared to The Master, and I guess on a surface level that kind of makes sense because both movies are kind of about the darker side of Americana. Like, I remember as a kid in the, you know, in the mid-80s thinking like, oh, the 1950s, everything was like perfect. And then when I got a little older, it was just like, oh wait, people did heroin then and people beat their wives and, and oh like, yeah racism I was like, going to say where was it exactly. perfect for, for exactly. black folks well I wasn't well, I, was, I, was, I was five I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that deep you know at the time and then I was like oh yeah and then that really fascinated me just how like but it's kind of I, I don't know who to put the figure at but that was always pushed on society that like and that's that whole make America great again thing again like I feel like that's the time they were talking about which is funny because shit was fucked up then yeah very fucked up but hidden in a weird way, which makes it even more creepy. You know what I'm saying? So I do. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, man. Um, so these are two of my favorite movies of the year. I mean, we can wrap it up if you don't really have much to much to add. Both of these movies. Well, our time is out. Uh, the mountain is coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, check them both out. Let us know what you think. Yeah. So we'll so we'll be coming back one more week. So this will be coming out, and then next week we have a nice guest, and then we'll probably take a week off before our 100th episode. Yeah, awesome. Um, And I think I have an idea for our our 99th episode. We'll figure it out. They don't know where they get their big chains and jewelry from. They act like they on top of the world and soft it. Uh-huh. The taxi cab partition with the money tray. The Kimber Rami had more expensive. The sauce convention was funny face. No half off, nigga, this money weight. Flip you like hacksaw gym with the 20 gauge. No honey made. I never did it for the gram. Uh-huh. I had a vision I was willing to enhance. Went from 720 to 4K in one night. Dumb nights, my forte is intuition, some like Play stupid games and win stupid prizes. 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 No contact before it hacks. Play plenty games, round up in that one that's for the rap. Play stupid games. No contact before it gets. Play stupid games, round up in that one that's begging for a can't perform around us. They ain't fucking over in the worst fashion. But if I get the yapping, it's gonna be a million purse snatches. Get your napkins, crab wrapper on the menu tonight. Like get it cracking, not on snacking, I'm an Israelite. That shit I did was savage. All in the name of living lavish, Leviticus and Tatters. Call the neighbors, get the package, and get this shit established. Like hard homes. Keep these fag body soft MCs out of your life, man. They wanna be you, they want your position, they want your time. Play stupid bro. games, they win stupid prizes. Play stupid games, and win stupid prizes. Play stupid games, and win stupid prizes. Play stupid games, and win stupid prizes. Don't contact before it hurts. Play this plenty niggas round up in that one that's for the rap. Play stupid games. Don't contact before it hurts. Play stupid niggas round up in that one that's for
life revolves around science It's survival of the wisest and the strongest who the highest And you don't bother me the slightest You dirty niggas is the virus why they sleep like the itis But we can't because they ain't gonna do nothing but run Press charges, call the cops, start crying And doing whatever is necessary to get you incarcerated